Turn to 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 17. We have a comparison this morning that we're given, a comparison between the precious blood of Jesus Christ and the rest of the world or anything of value, anything that we might want. So I want you to pay attention to what Peter says here about the blood of Jesus Christ and how and why it is precious. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ." For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, Fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. How many of you have ever held a gold coin? A couple of you have, okay. Uh, how many of you have ever held something that was made of real silver? more, probably some actual silverware out there. Uh, How much of a part does silver or gold play in your life? Is this a regular thing that you need to deal with? Silver and gold? We, we We don't do too much with silver and gold anymore, right? There's a movie about that. It's called The Wizard of Oz believe it or not. So we got to figure out a new comparison. Because that's the comparison that we're given, silver and gold. None of us know anything about silver or gold. So what is silver and gold? What's the closest thing that we have to silver and gold today, kids? 
It's the closest thing that we have to silver and gold. Yeah. Money. Okay, so if we were gonna if we were going to look at this <clears throat> and we were going to rewrite it in the uh, in the Christ Church version, non-authorized, right? We would say, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like greenback, money, like credit cards or stocks or bonds or treasury notes or promissory notes, right? But with something that's what? Precious. But with precious blood. Now, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in the book of Ecclesiastes. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, we read that money is the solution to everything. Money is the solution to everything. It's right near the end of the book if you want to go look it up. <clears throat> so if money is the solution to everything in our minds, how precious is money? Do you want a new car? What do you need? Money. Do you want a bigger house? What do you need? Money. You want a new you want a new pair of shoes. Talk about needing money. Right? What what do the shoes cost these days? I don't know. I used to be able to say about a hundred. I'm gonna to have to switch it to about a thousand, I think, pretty soon. Money is the solution to everything. It's precious to us because everything that we want in life, we think we can get with money. But here, and all through the New Testament, we get these kinds of comparisons being made where, you know, a a collector of pearls finds the most precious pearl and goes and gets that precious pearl and gives up everything else in his life. And that precious pearl is supposed to stand for receiving the kingdom of God, which only happens through the blood of Jesus Christ, right? Every, every comparison that we're given is giving up everything else because of the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ. Leaving everything else behind. And in fact, it even goes beyond money into relationships, family relationships. Saying, all of these things are in one category, and they are the things that are perishable, right? Perishable things. 
But on the other side, in this other category, we have the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. You guys remember the verse asks a great question, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? So again, that's a comparison, right? You can gain the whole world and it's worthless if you forfeit your soul. The whole world or receiving the precious blood of Jesus Christ. This is the choice that's put before us. It's the comparison that is made over and over again. We see all kinds of language used to describe Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. In this one, silver and gold, and then comparing Jesus and him as a sacrifice to a lamb. Now, lambs are innocent, right? Lambs are innocent. If you've ever seen a a baby sheep, they're cute, they're cuddly, they're innocent. They've got beautiful white little curly wool on them. And that was the sacrifice that they made over and over and over and over, pointing forward to Jesus Christ, pointing forward to his precious blood. Unblemished, spotless, the blood of Christ. Now why is it so precious? that The whole world, everything perishable, is put on one side, And on the other side is the blood of Jesus Christ, and the blood of Jesus Christ is worth infinitely more. Why is it so precious? Well, I know that probably the first thought that comes to mind is, well, because it saves our soul, right? But actually, I want you to think about it a little bit different at first. That's certainly the next thing that we'll look at, but that's... Uh, pretty man-centered way of looking at it. Right? It's precious to me. Well, yes, it is precious to you, but do you know who it was precious to first? First, it was precious to God the Father. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Verse 20. Why does Peter talk about Jesus being foreknown before the foundation of the world? Why is 
it precious blood. It's because Jesus Christ is God the Son in human flesh. It's precious because he didn't sin, yes. It's precious because that sacrifice was filled with love. But first, it's precious because he is God the Son incarnate. God the Son made man. So when, when Peter says he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, that puts into context why this was such a precious sacrifice. Why this blood is so precious and why we are to treat it as precious. Because remember, he's not just trying to convince us that it's precious. He is leading into and out of, in both directions, either way you look at this text, he's leading into ethical obedience commands. He is wanting us to therefore live a certain way. And so this is meant to help us by reminding us that we have been bought with a price, right? Think about what that price was. Well, it's, it's not precious to us until it's already happened, right? It's not precious to us until we realize what we gained from it, but it was precious prior to that. It was precious from before the foundations of the world. You get a hint of this in the way that you read about Jesus in his work here on earth prior to his death on the cross. In Matthew 3, 16 and 17, we read this. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. I just want you to stop there and think about that for a minute. The heavens were opened. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now that's beautiful, isn't it? It's marvelous. Can you imagine the heavens opening? Can you imagine the voice of God the Father speaking, this is my beloved Son? Now, do you want to mess with the beloved Son? Not when the heavens open and God is speaking from the heavens and saying, this is my beloved son. And he doesn't just say, I love him. I, in him, I am well pleased. In him, I am well pleased. And as if that isn't enough, later on in Matthew, we read of another instance 
in Matthew chapter 17. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter, now remember whose book we're studying, Peter. Peter wrote First Peter, right? So now, Peter was there for this. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Thankfully, he was cut off. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Get up and do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. So Peter saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain. And then he writes about the blood of Jesus Christ being precious. You see, it's precious before it's shed. It's precious because it is the blood of the only begotten Son from all eternity, foreknown before the foundations of the world, the only begotten of the Father, His Son, in whom He is well pleased. This is precious blood. Now, if we don't start with that, recognizing that it is precious before we know it's precious, then we won't be able to make any sense of what Peter means. Not really. We will, have a, we will have a very man-centered view of salvation. If we don't recognize that it's precious to the Father, before it's precious to us, we won't be able to make sense of the parable of the vine growers, the farmers, the renters. I'm going to read this one too. Luke 20, starting in verse 9, Jesus is speaking, and it says, And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and rented it out to vine growers, 
and went on a journey for a long time. At the harvest time, he sent a slave to the vine growers so that they would give him some of the produce of the vineyard, but the vine growers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And he proceeded to send another slave, and they beat him also and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And he proceeded to send a third And this one also they wounded and cast out. The owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the vine growers saw him, they reasoned with one another saying, This is the heir! Let us kill him so that the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. He will come and destroy these vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. Why? Because he loves his son. His son's life is precious to him. It is precious blood. Until we see that it is precious to the Father... We can't understand why it should be precious to us. Because it can't be precious to us unless we see him as he truly is. And what he truly is, is not just a man like us. What he truly is, is the only begotten son of the father. The father who loves him. The father that is well pleased by him. He is the heir to the kingdom. He is the heir to the vineyard. And so when he is killed, it is a blow directed straight at God himself. That is why it must be precious to us. It is for that reason that it must be precious to us. What does Peter say? He says that through him, We are believers in God. Through Him, believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God.
When we say through him we are believers in God, what we're saying is that there is no belief in God apart from him and his work. By him, you could translate it. By him, we are believers in God. And so nobody who claims to believe in God can even believe in God apart from Jesus Christ. They may know much about God. You hear a lot about uh, the Judeo-Christian values and you'll see the monotheistic religions lumped together as one because knowing that there is a God and only one God, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You say you believe in God? Good. Even the demons believe and shudder. And so that is not the kind of believing in God that we're talking about here, is it? Who through him are believers in God. By him. By him. By Jesus Christ. You are believers in God. Not believers the way that Muslims are, not believers the way that the demons are, not believers the way that those who believe in spirituality and know that there is a God, that he must be obeyed, that he's all-powerful, believing by Jesus Christ. In God. Believing by the precious blood of the Son. It must be precious to us. This good news is for our sakes. And there is no salvation, there's no entering into heaven except by confessing that our sins require the precious blood of Jesus Christ as payment. That's how it is that we are able to believe in God by Jesus Christ and his work. If it was not for Jesus Christ's precious blood being shed, we could not enter into the kingdom of heaven. We could not believe in God in such a way that we could say that we have faith and hope in God. We could believe in God in a way that would make us shudder like the demons. But we could not believe in God in a way in which we have faith and hope. It is only through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that there is forgiveness of sins.
And so when we say, I am a sinner, what we're saying is, my sin requires a payment. That payment must be made. It requires that my blood be shed. And yet, blood more precious than my own has been shed by Jesus Christ. He has offered it as a sacrifice to the Father so that his people might be saved. Now, are you going to treat that blood as precious? You see, are you going to treat it as something that God the Father looks on and says, You accept my son. You listen to my son. You put your faith in my son, or you will die. That is the result to the vine growers who did not treat the blood of the son as precious, but decided that they would Look on the vineyard as precious. Look on their future happiness and ability to keep things for themselves as precious. The vineyard owner will destroy those vine growers. And he will give it to others. Who can receive the blessing of the Father? Jesus Christ himself said, No man goes to the Father but by me. He is the one who has opened a way into the Holy of Holies. He is the one who through his precious blood has washed away sins. He is the one who has brought about salvation. And so from this, Peter says his blood is precious. It's precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless. And it has redeemed us out of a futile way of life. That futility, that worthlessness, that vanity of life is the vanity, it's the futility of attempting to redeem yourself. It's the futility of attempting to make it 
to God apart from the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is the futility of attempting to live in this world that God created while fighting against him. You can't fight against God. You're not going to win. He will crush you with a rod of iron. All will bow the knee before the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have put their faith in his precious blood, he will raise up. They will stand up on their feet. They will live. They will receive the imperishable inheritance bought by the precious blood. And the rest will depart into torment. That's what we declare as we go come to this meal. We declare this blood is precious. To me, yes, because it saves me from my sins. But this blood was precious before I was born. This blood was precious before I knew what precious meant. This blood is precious because it is the blood of the only begotten Son of God the Father. It is precious to Him. And so we do not profane the blood. We treat it as precious. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how is it that you could send your Son to shed his precious blood, the Son that you loved for us, while we did not treat it as precious, but while we were still your enemies? Father, only because of your great love, because of your mercy, Father, we thank you for this sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on our behalf. We thank you for his precious blood and we pray that we would celebrate now with joy and faith and gladness of heart. And that we would give you all the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.